The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. CTN CIO Talk Network is brought to you by Redmayne and BlackBerry. Welcome to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sunjo Gall. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are strictly those of the host, guests, and callers. Now, here's Sunjo Gall. Hello and uh, welcome to CTN. To learn more, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. And as always, we invite you to join the discussion on Twitter and look for this show as hashtag leadership. Today's topic is Say No to Be a Better Leader, and we have Robert Lux, who is the Executive Vice President, CIO with Freddie Mac. Hey, Robert, how are you? I'm well. How are you doing? Very good, sir. Thank you. And we have Jeff, uh, John Milazzo, who is the Chief Information Officer with Codec Alaris. Hey, John, how's life? Good morning. Life is good great. Good morning to you. Very good. And Jake Dominguez, Chief CIO with FMC Technologies. Hello, Jake. How is life there? It's going well. Thank you. Great. So I've got these esteemed uh, guests on this panel, and the topic is rather interesting, and it is it seems easy to say no. And the reason we brought up this topic is we are, as leaders, always being asked to do more with less, and in some cases, more with nothing. And then in that case, if you go back and say no, whether to people above you or to your reportees, it can be misconstrued as someone being a naysayer or is, is not working in the best interest of the companies. And we wanted to save if if no can be said and or be presented in a way so that you can essentially not only help the organizations by doing fewer things but just do them better but also use that to develop a culture where we th- do things which are important versus just urgent that said uh first question for you robert if i were to go back and and talk to my boss and say no 20 times and only the one time out of the 20 i say yes and say that this is the way we would move forward would you think we'll get a pink slip uh the way i think about it is um rather than saying no uh or even saying yes uh the, the best way to to manage a customer or a business partner in this case um is to anticipate needs. And, and by that I mean um, knowing what they require before they know it is the ideal, right? So you're not saying no, uh, you're not even saying yes, because the flip side of saying no and saying yes all the time is you become an order taker. But you're literally setting the direction, working with the business, understanding their needs, and anticipating needs they may not even be aware of. And uh, so... To me, it's not a question of saying no, you know, a hundred times and saying yes once. It's actually how how forward-thinking and forward-looking are you to anticipate needs that may not even be um, realized by the people who are asking you the yes/no question. It's it's pretty much like it's analog versus binary, in my opinion. 
Now, yeah, based on what you just said, Robert, John, the question for you is we cannot be clairvoyant. We do not have a crystal ball. We don't know what's going to happen today when I go to the office. Yes, we would know some of the projects that are going on, but something would come from the left field that this is an interesting phenomenon that's happening in the marketplace, or this is something we would like to do to move ahead. Now, we may not be prepared for it, Then, and also we are saying, that everything that someone else says we should not be paying attention to at all times because otherwise we will not have anything done. How are you dealing with that situation? Yeah, this is John. Um, I, I have maybe a little different perspective. It's really about focus on the business and the business needs. So something that comes out of left field must be driven by a very good business need, um, a new market that's opened up, um, a new opportunity that's opened up. So I don't think we, we say yes or no, just as the previous speaker said, it's Boolean. It's around education, uh, being data-driven, and then communicating that out. So um, instead of saying yes or no, it's what is the opportunity, even if it's something that came out of left field, how does that fit with the business uh, needs, and what is the data that we need to support that? Is this a, is this a good opportunity to invest in? If so, what is the data driving us to, and how do we educate not only those um, above us and below us? So the whole context here, Jake, I'll come to you for this one, is the context here is not that we take one instant at a time and we say no just for the sake of saying no, yes, we will do the due diligence. But if you already have a spilling plate, you do not have the resources at all times, or you may not be aware of exactly how much capability do you have, because nobody has the luxury today to say, I've got a capacity to, to take on 50 more projects at any given time. Everybody's working up to their eyeballs. So if you have a situation where you've got a quantum of work already that you're handling, and you get the 50, 50 items are already there, and 51st comes, which also seems like a good opportunity, and you rationalize that, but can you put it on your plate yet? So what I, I found uh, in my experience is, you know, stakeholders uh, will ask within the context, uh, context of unconstrained demand. In their mind, it's always demand that's unconstrained. So uh, they always approach an IT or CIO organization about taking on new initiatives because in their mind, they don't see all the demand that's already been uh, committed to and part of our jobs are to prioritize the demand and give them exposure to the demand that we've committed to and then start making decisions. And I think what I have found is if something comes new that the business has interest to, you weigh that against existing priorities. And then you have to have a joint leadership conversation, whether you slow down specific priorities, free up people to work on some of these new engagements, uh, to do some of the discovery work, and then it becomes a rationalization of existing work against new work and new demands. And then uh, hopefully you have a governance process in place where you get the leadership or business leaders to work with you to understand that demand and, and work on that profile. And I think that's the way you get out of this uh, situation where it always feels like there's resistance within the IT function or organization to working on new things, but then it also has to fit into some of the strategic parameters that are being laid out by the organization. So, That's a really good point because it's, it, IT needs to be viewed as a limited capital resource. You don't have unlimited capital, um, and at some point, without a good governance process in place, it becomes a demand 
the unconstrained um, demand on IT just is unacceptable. It has to fit in with the governance process, and it has to be managed as a as a capital resource um, with a business plan that's associated with it. I, I entirely agree, and and what I I think a lot of CIOs are put in the position where they need to uh, build. Uh, that uh, EPMO or prioritization process, that governance process, uh, as a, almost a defense mechanism against uh, the, the the fact that uh, demand for IT always outstrips the supply. So, you know, I, I can't agree anymore. That's been my experience as well. So, uh, Robert, a question for you here is capacity and capability. We have a certain uh, ivory tower view or maybe maybe close to realistic view. But here the question is to not only just get the work done. Yes, as a corporation, you've got to be profitable and you want to move the projects along. But you've got to give people breathing time so that they can be creative. And, and they get to do things beyond just whatever tasks that are assigned, not be demoted to a simply a task worker, but actually someone who is bringing value beyond just what was assigned. In order for us to do that, that means we have to look at that whole prioritization capacity and capability and keep some buffer. But we don't seem to be doing that. But isn't that no, the, the word no here is being used essentially to create that breathing room. Can that be done realistically? Yeah, I mean, I, absolutely. You, you, uh, most firms, uh, IT organizations rather, have uh, you know architecture groups that that's their job is to look forward, look out uh, several years versus uh, just focusing on the uh, current year's projects. So uh, you've got to invest in uh, you know looking out uh, for the future. Back to my original premise that you need to anticipate folks' needs. You know, otherwise you're going to. Um, be in this mode where you're constantly prioritizing projects around, you know, upgrading uh, uh, existing systems, implementing new systems, but you may miss uh, a disruptive uh, technology like uh, cloud software as a service or something that could change the game. The the other thing that, um, you know, IT organizations need to always consider is not just uh, governing and prioritizing the project initiatives uh, that the business wants, but also looking to control their operating costs, their uh, keep the lights on, run the business costs. And doing so generally requires IT to sponsor their own projects to be able to control those ever-expanding run costs and get them to a a position where the uh, IT organization can invest more in project spend than in keep the lights on, run spend. So, John, as a leader, we can be a bean counter or we could be a venture capitalist in terms of our mindset. If you were to work on only making sure that we are seen as a cost efficiency play and maybe once in a while we do some innovation, then it may be undermining what we could otherwise deliver. Whereas if we had some more room to say, okay, I'm going to pick up a portfolio of projects which could create the most value, but in order for us to try these new things, we have to put something else on hold which otherwise seemingly be having a direct immediate benefit. How do you make a case for something like that in front of the management where you do not know what's the outcome of that innovation project will be, but you are taking some resources from otherwise an operational project to do the same? Yeah, that's a great question, and it goes back to the comment that was just made around operational. You do not, as a CIO, you do not get a seat at the table unless you can deliver operationally um, excellence. You you cannot have your network down all the time or your help desk uh, only answering 20% of the calls. Um, 
and then expect to have a seat at the table to do new and interesting things. So your, your first and foremost thing you have to do is get your operational processes down, get your business, your costs down, um, demonstrate that you can, in fact, run that in a very efficient way, and then you get a seat at the table that says, I think I have this greatest opportunity that's coming up um, where we can leverage this to, back to my point earlier, uh, link to the business strategies and say, if you think you're going down this cloud path, we can help you get there. Um, or, or we think we have an, uh, this opportunity to leverage what we've been doing uh, operationally to make that more strategic. So I think it, I think you have to ensure you have a solid foundation of delivering operational excellence, and then you get that seat at the table to to begin to do the strategic work. Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back. And Jake, when we come back, let's talk about that very um, you know comment that John made here. Is uh, you know we have to look at the operational excellence and get the seat at the table. But what if we do, and we have done our part, and it is still not a pure science that every time a project comes, we can exactly to the last decimal know what value it's going to create. And every time you do not have an exact rationale whether it should be done or not done. In those cases are the ones when we have to use our discretion and also deal with the people issues. So that's the next step where we say, okay, if you go to a person or, or a group that comes to you with an idea and you want to say no to them, it is an emotional experience for the people whose proposal, which they came up with a lot of fanfare and excitement, was turned down. What's the impact? How do you deal with it? How do you make them feel that it was done with a relevant reason and then the right reason, but still don't have that spirit-crushing impact. Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Predict your company's future by creating it. Is your workforce able to connect, exchange ideas, and share brilliance simply and securely? Create tomorrow, today. Empower your people to innovate anytime and anywhere with secured BlackBerry Enterprise mobility management and document sharing solutions. To learn more, visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. Patient-centered care requires a connected enterprise. Are you ready? If you're looking to scale your healthcare IT efforts, visit redmain.com forward slash health today. Whether it's to connect data from multiple partner solutions or developing software for unique needs, Redmain can help. To find out how Redmain can help your company deliver on the patient-centered care promise, visit redmain.com forward slash health or call 773-693-3919. Visit today. Your growing business needs a highly productive workforce, effectively communicating and collaborating without exposing corporate data to cyber attacks. Are you looking to balance security and workforce productivity? Move beyond short-term measures and securely scale your business with BlackBerry Enterprise Mobility Management Solutions. To learn more, please visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. 
You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with Sunjo Gall. To learn more about our program, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So if I say no to my son about a new computer he wants to buy, or you as a CIO get, a CEO tells no to you for your uh, project that you took a proposal, or, or someone who reports to you comes to you, each of those instances have an emotional impact because we are not robots, we are humans. And there could be a, a natural reaction to it. How do you minimize that impact and or channelize that energy so that it is seen in the right spirit? Jake. So what I have found, I think uh, organizations, at least the, uh, in my uh, couple of organizations where I've been involved with uh, transformation activities, I really think it's a pivoting of the thinking of how the business interacts with IT in order to set up the framework you're talking about. Uh, Typically, IT organizations are viewed as cost centers, and when you're in that world and you're viewed as a cost center, uh, it's almost uh, a a no-win situation because at that point, People are just viewing you as a dial that they can dial up or down, and you're losing the strategic value of what IT can bring to the organization. And what um, typically you see in organizations is uh, I've inherited organizations where 70 75% of the team is working on maintenance operational activities, and you spend 20 25% of your time on business innovation. And you have to flip that equation as part of the transformation of IT, and you have to get it to a, a, a ratio where you've got 70 75% of your workforce working on innovation activities, and the uh, rest is working on keep the lights on operational activities. And the way you do that is all the things that uh, probably uh, John and Rob have experienced is you clean up your environments, you consolidate, you collapse, whether it's data centers, applications, you know, refresh your technology, but you have to get to a point where most of your organization is not spending time doing the day day in, day out operational activities. And once you've flipped that equation, you have a lot more capability to address a lot of the innovation discussions you're talking about. And if you have more of the uh, pump prime to handle those business opportunities where you're talking about for every dollar I invest in IT, these are the multiple dollars I get uh, returned by making that investment. And you start measuring the performance of IT around benefits versus just pure cost. All of a sudden, you're having a whole different conversation because now what you're doing is you're sitting down with the business. You're having a business conversation with them about strategically why we would be doing certain activities or not. Does the return add up to a value proposition we want to go pursue? And it really changes the dynamics of the conversation you're having with your business partners. And in that context, um, I have found that all of a sudden you have a very receptive business uh, set of leaders because now what you're doing is you're talking to them in business terms. You're talking about how IT can be applied to solve some of their business problems. And then we make joint calls or decisions whether we think those investments are are going to uh, give us the return that we think we need. 
And sometimes we don't always agree. Uh, I think that's been the point, is sometimes you have to walk away from that situation and say, even if we think this might be an opportunity, it may not be a right opportunity from a timing perspective, technology perspective, or even from an investment perspective. And that's not always an easy conversation to have. But in the context of flipping your organization, having more business uh, oriented conversations and more strategic level conversations, I have found that you can get uh, the organization to rally around that and start getting past this notion that, well, they said no, so I have to go do it on my own, or they said no. Now, all of a sudden, we have a combative relationship with our business partners. So, hey, Jake, this is John. Do you have a strong governance council that helps through that process? Because I think yeah. that's a key component of it. Absolutely, John. And I, I think for me, I'm in a very fortunate position where I actually have a governance uh, council that's made up of all the uh, leader, CEO leadership team. And, and we get together on a frequent basis and we set uh, the portfolio planning for the year. We talk about adjustments that come up during the business cycle. And then we have governance boards for each of the business functions below that level where they work through a lot of the day-to-day detail, and that gives us at least a structure to have a fighting chance to talk about priorities and make decisions that we think are, are most valuable for the corporation. Yeah, and so, I would think part of the Governance Council is, is communicating that out of being your representative out to the rest of the corporation to say, here are the decisions that we made uh, as a Governance Council, and this is why it's good for the business. So you're not carrying that message single-handedly you've got the rest of the governance council that's communicating the exact same message. Yes, that, that's right. And, and what we, what I have found is that um, historically, a lot of times what was happening is they were after the quantity of projects, not the quality of projects. So it didn't do us any good to work on 500 things and only deliver on half of those things on time and within budget and have an impact. And so by getting the organization to focus on less activities, but more qualitative uh, activities that we actually could have a business impact and business value, the organization starts learning that by focusing and narrowing the scope of what we're focused on, uh, they can have a, a feel the impact of IT at a greater degree than traditionally they experienced when we didn't say no, <laughs> and we just continued working uh, through everything that came through the queue and trying to do everything we could to accomplish all that, and at the end, we were failing. And those are the kind of pivots uh, I've seen work when you have the government's governance structures in place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Robert, I, I, uh, this, is Rob, this is Rob. I totally agree with that. And uh, we were facing the same thing when I came here where we were trying to uh, inch forward uh, hundreds and hundreds of projects all active at the same time. And, um, you know, I, I went back to an old uh, a video. You can see it on YouTube of Steve Jobs when he came back to Apple. And it, the title of the video of his talk was Focuses About Saying No. And all he talked about was, Apple, we're going to focus on four things, business, and consumer, laptops, and uh, desktop computers. That's it. We're going to get that right. And there's a lot of great stuff we all want to do, but we're really going to focus on getting competent before we get strategic. And we're going to get these things right, and then we'll expand the portfolio versus trying to inch forward 400 things all at once. 
So, Robert, question for you. Based on this conversation, great one, by the way, Jake, uh, that you were a very smart approach to have a committee talk to the rest of the group so that way there is not finger-pointing as such to an individual and that's where the leadership is not undermined. But, Robert, coming to you, we still are humans. We still have one-on-one conversations and they are not always as sterile as, okay, well, let's talk numbers. There will still be ideas. There will be still emotions flowing. So you have to basically earn the respect as someone who's saying what they're saying, even if you're saying no, and without having that spirit-crushing impact. What's your secret sauce for that? Yeah, I don't know if it's secret sauce, but it, it, it's, it's echoing you know, what, what Jake and John have been talking about. It, it's uh, moving IT from being viewed as a cost center to being viewed as a business enabler. And, and like I said earlier, you can't, you can't just jump to being strategic. You've got to first demonstrate competency. You've got to clean up your environment. You've got to make sure that your systems are, are running and operational and aren't going down all the time or else you're, you're not going to get that credibility. Once you've built that credibility, it's then partnering with the business and working with them to, to, to bring to them what is the focus for where should we be going and headed and that, that focus is a, is a joint mission. You know, it's not IT's job, um, and, and we shouldn't, like, uh, uh, try to aspire to directing the business where they need to go, but it's definitely a partnership uh, with them in terms of how do we enable the business via technology to achieve their strategic objectives. So when I say focus is about saying no, the, the person saying no shouldn't necessarily be the CIO. It should be jointly, as it is with Jake's case, you know, the business and IT arm in arm saying, these are the things we're going to focus on. Agreed, Robert. So my question is, if Robert talks to a person, Jim, and this Mm -hmm. is a conversation happening between two people, and the no could be related to an initiative, could be to a request, or to any proposal that comes to you. Now, Robert, as an individual talking to that person, Jim, versus an organization's or your role as a CIO talking through a committee, through the rest of the organization. So two different contexts. So if it is a one-on-one context, that's where a competency is what perhaps or, or, or a style has to be identified which will allow people to be able to get other people to, to be said no to without causing that uh, you know, negative impact. Yeah, the, the nice thing is if, if you have a seat at the table and you're, in the, um, you're appointed to the CEO and you're, you're part of the executive committee, generally the people that are in that, uh, those seats, when they, they come to uh, the executive committee, they take off their individual division hats and put on their enterprise hat and they're looking across the firm as to what... What are the positives and negatives for the firm versus my own parochial interests? You know, and that's not always the case with everyone, but it, it, it really, it's what we aspire to as a team. So you'll always, you occasionally, to your point, will get the person who has their pet project and despite uh, it being not a high priority for the enterprise, wants to push it through. It, it's a CIO's job to manage that and to make sure that uh, they don't necessarily just say yes because of uh, personal interest and, and jeopardize the firm's interests uh, because of an individual. This is John, Jake, and it just, to, is, just to add on yeah, to Rob's John, point I, is, uh, I'm sorry, uh, just to add to Rob's point, uh, and I think you're talking about the individual conversations, is I, I, I think uh, you have to do a lot of the legwork 
to have offline some of the individual conversations leading up to some of the decisions because the worst thing you can do is go into any governance session and it's the first time any of the executives are seeing the material or hearing a proposal or hearing a recommendation. You have to do that legwork before and give people an opportunity to express uh, their reservations, uh, why they're supportive or not supportive, give them an airing. And then I think the key is to have authentic conversations where they believe that they're getting a true hearing and that this, it's, it's actually being heard and listened to. Even if we don't agree, uh, the bottom line is they feel like they've gotten an opportunity to express uh, any kind of uh, issues that they want to bring up. And then by the time you bring that to some governance structure, uh, again, not everybody may agree with the decision or the recommendation, but people feel like they've had a fair hearing. And uh, the worst thing you can do is try to game that agenda, set up an agenda for yourself, and not have authentic conversations with people, even if they're controversial, even if you think they're going to be intense because someone is uh, maybe has a project that they're very passionate about or a technology, and you're going to have to shut that down for X amount of reasons. You have to have that conversation, be willing to have it, have it authentically, and even if they don't totally agree with you. They understand your position and reasoning. And I've found that that really uh, uh, gets people to have confidence in their ability to have true conversations with you, with the CIO or other representatives of the CIO. And I think that's critical to building the culture you're talking about. I, I John, think you're right, you Jake. Comment? And if I may, I mean, just follow up on that real quick. Uh, a lot of uh, larger IT organizations, I think you mentioned you had uh, uh, division CIOs either have like uh, local CIOs that are attached to the business executives or maybe they call them business information officers that literally sit with those business partners uh, every day or in their meetings, have a seat at the table. So again, to that point, you know, there's no surprises. The CIO can't be everywhere. And, um, you know, you don't want the surprise in terms of uh, the business partner coming into the governance meeting, but you also don't want the CIO being surprised that this business partner is not supportive or has a pet project that you didn't know about, and to basically uh, uh, make sure that we, we understand the business partner's goals and objectives, and it, there are no surprises. Uh, we've established this program where we have individual, call them mini-CIOs, assigned to each executive, uh, and it's their job to make sure that those, we understand what those executives' uh, uh, needs are. Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back. And, John, the question for you will be, I know Robert mentioned uh, Steve Jobs, and, and he actually said, say, a thousand times no before you say yes. Now, he was at the top. He was a trailblazer. He was a maverick. So he somehow got his way through. Now, you're the CIO. You are not exactly at the very top. Yes, you're close to the top. And if you have to lead from the middle, and you don't have to only do it at your level, but also let your deputy get that empowerment, that they could say a lot more no's than yeses because you want them to make the right decisions for the right reasons. How do you get the organizational culture to be such that people at different levels, not only the top dog, gets that opportunity and that privilege? Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back. From the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network. 
your growing business needs a highly productive workforce, effectively communicating and collaborating without exposing corporate data to cyber attacks. Are you looking to balance security and workforce productivity? Move beyond short-term measures and securely scale your business with BlackBerry Enterprise Mobility Management Solutions. To learn more, please visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. Patient-centered care requires a connected enterprise. Are you ready? If you're looking to scale your healthcare IT efforts, visit redmain.com forward slash health today. Whether it's to connect data from multiple partner solutions or developing software for unique needs, Redmain can help. To find out how Redmain can help your company deliver on the patient-centered care promise, visit redmain.com forward slash health or call 773-693-3919. Visit today. Predict your company's future by creating it. Is your workforce able to connect, exchange ideas, and share brilliance simply and securely? Create tomorrow, today. Empower your people to innovate anytime and anywhere with secured BlackBerry Enterprise Mobility Management and Document Sharing Solutions. To learn more, visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network with Sunjo Gall. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So, uh, John, since the whole whole topic is about helping or enabling or empowering the individual to be able to say no to the people below and above them. Now, Steve Jobs, as an example used by Robert uh, in the previous segment, was at the top. And he could say, okay, these are the priorities for the company. This is what we will do. But now, if you are a CIO or any other leader who is leading from the middle, may not have that ultimate power, if you will but you still would want to say no and want to say no enough so that you have a clear, breathable portfolio of work for yourself and for your team. Do you think the organizational culture will allow you to do that? Because we are all about getting the most out of every resource. Right. If you think of what Steve Jobs did, a lot of his no's, especially around his design work, were related to his vision. And he was able to articulate his vision. He wanted... Um, clean lines. He wanted a clean design. Um, he wanted, you know, he, he knew when he was saying no, he could turn to somebody and say, I don't like that sharp edge on that, or I don't like the way the uh, the way the, the design is laid out. So he was able to, when he was saying no, uh, to relate back to what his vision was. And, and I think we have an obligation to share the vision with our, um, everybody in the company, so that they also have an opportunity as they're being approached, to to look at that in conjunction in in line with the vision, and be able to say that's a great idea, but how does that fit with where we're headed as a company, or how does that fit with where we're headed, uh, where our vision is headed? So I think we need um, you know, back to my comments in the beginning. I think we we need to be educate educate everybody on what the vision is, and need to be data driven, and then that communication piece of this is critical. 
and the communication has to work its way down into the organization. So it's a whole lot easier for somebody when they're approached uh, to be able to, to say, I, I know where the vision's headed. I think this fits in there nicely. Uh, back to the Governance Council, I think your representative on the Governance Council is, pick somebody, Virginia, and Virginia is going to move forward and represent that on your behalf, um, being being data driven. So, I think again, Steve had um, Steve Jobs had a, a vision, and he was able to to be able to say no based on that vision. So, Jake, while you managed fantastically in in terms of um, getting that governance council, but what if one of your VPs comes to you, or maybe someone at that level, a report, and you say, okay, we have these projects to do, and they say, uh, no, because, and they may sound rational. And then another time you say, yes, yet again, and they say, no, because, and they have a reason. What's your appetite as a leader to keep getting those no's, waiting for that one project which you would like to get a yes from, from your deputy, not the people at the top? Yeah, I think uh, what uh, is really, really important within an organization, uh, I think Rob mentioned it before, is uh, you see a lot of IT organizations uh, get into this what we call order taker mode, where you essentially sit at the table, uh, you're listening to all the requests, you essentially walk out of uh, those sessions, and you try to figure out how to make those reality for the business, and, and you don't know how to really push back or have a conversation about strategic priorities. And so I think uh, in my experience, you have to give the organization permission up and down the chain to, to say no. And, and the reason for that is uh, in some cultures, no is like a, a bad word, right? And, and people are afraid to even uh, approach a conversation with the empower, feeling empowered to be able to push back and, and have a conversation about why these are not the right priorities. And so you have to start establishing a culture within IT first that people understand that part of their job is to start translating IT into a business language, have a conversation at a business level, and it's okay to have a conversation to say, no, we don't think this is something we can go forward with for the various reasons, or be empowered to say yes, because we know enough of our environment of capacity and what we think we can prioritize, and we work through through that process. As John talked about, uh, in my organization, we have what we call business relationship managers, and they sit on all the business unit staffs. So they're sitting at the table. They are the represent, my representatives in those business functions, sitting on those business leaders' staffs, and then they have a small organization that we call uh, BRPs or business relations uh, persons that sit below the BRMs and facilitate all this prioritization discussion and all these discussions of, to your point, the yes and no conversations that go on through daily conversations because business conditions change, market conditions change, and you're always reacting daily to whatever the priority of the days that are coming up or the pressures that are coming from customers or whatever the case might be. And so what I have found is you have to give your organization permission to be empowered at some level to be able to have those type of conversations. And what I have found is, let's just say for the sake of argument, a business VP is really upset because he or she wasn't able to push their agenda or this particular project through that conversation. When they escalate it, uh, 
my my instinct is to not automatically take a step back, fold, and say, okay, yes, I hear you, now we need to do this, is you really have to then go back to the organization, understand why they push back on this, and if you still fundamentally agree uh, your team is making the right choice, then you have to hold your ground and you have to protect your team because once you start breaking that down, then they don't feel empowered to make those calls, and it becomes really, really difficult. As I think John said, CIO can't be in every meeting, every engagement, every discussion, and so you have to empower your organization to feel comfortable that no is not a bad word, and it is part of what our responsibility is to manage our priorities. The, the other yeah, thing I'd add to John, that this, is that oh, – go ahead. Go ahead, John. Yeah, no, this is John. I was just going to say that a colleague of mine mentioned said it to me this way. It's not about wanting to say no. It's the need to say no when you put your mm-hmm. corporate hat on. So you, you actually need to say no so you don't overcommit. Uh, your organization. It's not about wanting to say no. It's about the need to say no. And and I would layer on, I mean, we keep talking about this in terms of, I think, uh, project priorities, but um, there's areas uh, uh, that we're responsible for, most of us are responsible for in terms of, like, for example, cybersecurity, where would all our end users want to be able, you know, to connect to iTunes and to upload and download stuff from their Dropbox account directly to their corporate uh, machines? Yeah, sure, that would be great, but um, it's not our job to say yes to every end user's uh, desire where uh, those desires could put the firm at risk. So, you know, cybersecurity is another area where you're going to probably hear a lot of no's coming from IT. Um, But I I think back to my proactive communication that I said at the outset, we need to provide context, provide reasons as to, like, why are we doing this and be proactive about it versus someone asking us for it and then saying, no, we should, you know, anticipate their need. And if their, their, you know, their anticipated need would put us at risk, we should be able, we should be able to communicate, well, why, are, why don't we do these things? Okay. Again, so, this is John. Again, back to, I, I keep saying it's, it's education, data-driven, and communicating. And, yep. you know, if there's, if there's only so much capital dollars the corporation can spend, right, that's the educa- education part of it is there's a $10 million capital investment. We're going to invest those $10 million in these 10 programs uh, because they have a better return for us or they align better with our corporate vision. And then getting that out, you know, if you've got business relationship managers or whoever else you have in the company, you get that communication out there to say, here's what we're working on and why we're working on it and how it's linked to the success of the corporation. So, again, education, communication, and being data-driven is just key for me. So, Robert, a quick question is about we all trying to build an authentic culture, and which is also performance-driven. And, and that means that if we have to say yes, we will give a reason. If we have to say no, we give a reason. But th- th- this, is an, this is utopic when we say, okay, all conversations are that objective. But that perhaps is not happening because we hear a lot more about people scratching their heads or coming back all frustrated that they are not being heard or, 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 uh, or that way they are not seeing that it is that the performance is suffering and the authenticity is missing. So if no, the word no, and, and not it literally became you giving a negative connotation to it, but if we don't introduce it, then your performance and authenticity suffers. And if you don't have that culture, you will not allow to say no. So what comes first? How do you develop... Yeah. Go ahead. Finish your question. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. So, so how how would you would, how would you eat the cake and have it too, or which one would come first for it to to lead to the other? 
Yeah, I, I think you, you've got to establish a culture uh, where it, it's okay to give people, um, you know, candid feedback and not mince words. Because if if you try to, you know, uh, um, turn a no into a well, maybe, and you're like very, um, you know, uh, you don't give them firm direction, it could be mis- misinterpreted, and then it gets even worse from a communications perspective if people walk away thinking you said yes when you said maybe and you actually meant no, uh, that's where you get into the whole passive-aggressive culture. Um, a number of years ago, I worked at uh, EDS, and uh, they had these things they called the grassroots wisdoms. And number one on that list, and I always remember it, in fact, it's up here on my wall, is uh, upfront, blunt, and candid. And that's how everyone spoke with each other. Not unprofessional, but you basically didn't mince words. You were upfront. You're transparent in uh, your position. Uh, you're blunt. If it hurt people's feelings, uh, that that's the way it was. And you're also candid. And and that was a very healthy culture back then, uh, where people knew where everyone stood and why they stood there. You know, back to uh, John's point about education. It wasn't just you said yes or no. You you provided context for your response. Let's take a quick break, listeners. Yeah. Let's come back, and when we when we come back, let's talk a little bit about the the mindset that many IT leaders, CIOs, have been carrying. Not any one of the any three of you, but many people say that because we are CIOs, because IT is supposed to deliver to the business, we ought to be more subservient and maybe say yes, not not to have a backbone, but generally to say we are there to make things happen, and. That somehow is taken too far, and they say yes way too much, and 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 that then they face the music. So when we come back, uh, let's let's uh, John, why don't you take this question and maybe give your thousand dollar an hour type of advice to people who are doing so? <laughs> let's please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network predict your company's future by creating it is your workforce able to connect exchange ideas and share brilliance simply and securely create tomorrow today empower your people to innovate anytime and anywhere with secured blackberry enterprise mobility management and document sharing solutions to learn more visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise patient-centered care requires a connected enterprise are you ready if you're looking to scale your healthcare it efforts visit redmain.com forward slash health today Whether it's to connect data from multiple partner solutions or developing software for unique needs, Redmain can help. To find out how Redmain can help your company deliver on the patient-centered care promise, visit redmain.com forward slash health or call 773-693-3919. Visit today. Your growing business needs a highly productive workforce, effectively communicating and collaborating without exposing corporate data to cyber attacks. Are you looking to balance security and workforce productivity? Move beyond short-term measures and securely scale your business with BlackBerry Enterprise Mobility Management Solutions. To learn more, please visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. 
it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network with Sunjo Gall. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So, John, about that uh, $1,000 per hour question, or $1,000 question, uh, this is about the leaders who we have, many of them, not, not any of you on the panel, but they somehow feel that IT has been earning a bad name by being naysayers, so now they have to turn it around, and that means they have to say yes to almost everything. And if they don't say it, it's going to reduce their credibility, their ability to lead, etc., etc. So how do we, is this, is this a myth, or is this a true concern in the CIO's heart today? Um, which is based on the question, and you know, it, it certainly some CIOs would think that they have to say yes to everything. Um, you had used the word earlier, you know, subservient, and you get in a room and you have to be um, responsive to every request that comes in. Something, um, I, I think it was a Gartner article I read that um, that said, the IT, CIOs, IT organization should never um, be looked at as anything other than one of the other um, businesses. So your answers should always be in context of would marketing respond this way or would finance respond this way or would the human resource organization respond this way. And it shouldn't be in a subservient role. You should be striving to be their partner at the table and you should never feel that you have to say yes. Again, I'm going to go back to my three themes here. You should be able to to base all of your decisions on the data that's sitting in front of you and then communicating it. And, and the education part of it is two-way. Um, you had asked a question about you know, if somebody stops you in the hall and you're, you know, how do you respond to them. There may be some piece of information that didn't work its way up into a business case that the individual has and so the educational part of this is not only um, you imparting why the project may or may not have been done um, so that the individual understands and feels that they've been heard. It could be the other way around, that some critical piece of information never made it back through the other way. So the education part of this clearly is two-way. So I, wouldn't, I would think no CIO should feel that they should be subservient to the business. They should think of themselves and always use terms that another business partner would use, um, like a marketing organization or a finance organization. So, uh, Jake, if I were to come to you and say there is another fear that is um, an underpinning somewhere where if I say no, it's going to result in shadow IT. And, and we have seen those cases and people even are, are ignoring the rationale given behind no, but they just kind of label IT is no, and, and, and maybe it's not coming out of, uh, you know, nowhere. There is a practical proof. So how do you convert to, to a place where when you say no, the business or other people who you're saying no to actually take that on its value based on the data or whatever that you provide and not ignore the data that you provide? Yeah, I mean, every organization, I think, 
the three of us have either inherited or managed over time have, have faced this problem where you come in and, and there are shadow IT organizations. And what I have found is that uh, my first instinct is to go have conversations with the business leaders and determine what they feel they're not getting from IT because there's some perception, reality about why they believe they had to go get a service on their own. Uh, there'll be cases where people will do it regardless of, of what the organization looks like or how it's performing. But for the most part, people out of a need and a perceived need will go and build uh, their own type of, of uh, capabilities because they don't believe that either the uh, IT organization is being responsive or, or uh, is listening to some of the demands that they're putting on the table. And I think where this gets all intertwined is all this governance that we've been talking about, where you have to have the commitment of the business organization that uh, by having all these disparate IT organizations, uh, having all these shadow IT functions, uh, it's costing uh, IT, uh, IT costs for the organization are, are increasing. Uh, you don't have line of sight into everything that's going on from a, a spend perspective. And the at least in the organization I'm in right now, uh, we've got a lot of, of pressures from a cost perspective, uh, and, and it's not changing within the oil and gas industry and, and the pressures we're facing financially uh, across the industry. And so there's a tremendous focus on transforming the organizations, taking out the cost uh, uh, that is inherent in a lot of redundancy and duplicity that exists in the organization. And I think you use those opportunities to start bringing things back in. But I think Rob brought it up before. You have to establish credibility within the organization and amongst your executive peers within the business. Without that credibility, your ability to say yes or no is greatly uh, diminished. Because my experience has been you have to be able to have a track record that someone can trust that these guys are credible, they're executing, they're oper It doesn't mean everything's perfect. We all have our issues, but that you're on the right uh, track and that when we have conversations, you're having holistic, strategic conversations of things that we want to do for the business. And all I can tell you is that once you get governance in place and you have the executive team and the CEO bought in, then it becomes very hard for executives to go out on their own and build shadow IT organizations because now they're talking about global priorities across the business functions and the units and where do we want to spend our IT dollars. On behalf of the show and our listeners, I'd really like to thank you, uh, Robert, John, and Jake, for sharing your thoughts on how organizations can develop a culture where no is okay as a word to be used when, when appropriate and with rationale, and also as individual leaders can use no to become a better leader. Thank you so much again, folks. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, listeners, please like us on Facebook, search for CTN, CIO Talk Network, and please be sure to follow us on Twitter and join our LinkedIn group. Thank you again for listening to segment on CIO Talk Network. This is Sanjog All, your talk show host. Till next week, uh, take care and God bless. Thank you for tuning in to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sunjoe Gall. To learn more about our program or for show archives, comments, or questions, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Thank you again for listening.
CTN CIO Talk Network is brought to you by Redmain and BlackBerry.